Welcome to Daybreak Crypto. Today we're going to be discussing Michael Sayer um, buying another $205 million in Bitcoin. Uh, MicroStrategy um, is a subsidiary of a company called MacroStrategy, and they are getting a $205 loan secured by Bitcoin in order to purchase more Bitcoin. So it's basically a leverage loan they're taking out in order to purchase more Bitcoin. Um, this is going to be one of his largest purchases in the last couple of years. Um, they haven't bought a whole lot of Bitcoin recently. So um, they currently hold the largest amount of Bitcoin of any company at around $6 billion. They hold about 125,000 Bitcoin. So they're currently the largest holder of Bitcoin and will continue to be um, for quite some time. Uh, this is a pretty quick story. Just kind of wanted to throw this out there. Seems like there are some big players that are starting to wake up again and starting to make some large Bitcoin purchases. Uh, what do you yeah. think about this? Yeah. So, I mean, between what Sailor's doing at MicroStrategy and what Do Kwan is pledging, what what is it, $3 billion in Bitcoin over the next few years? Uh, it's actually $10 billion over the next few years. That's what I thought, man. But I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't find that. But it's yeah, so... $10 billion in Bitcoin is, I mean, there's simply not enough supply to keep up with the demand. And I mean, Correct. With, you know, the Bitcoin block rewards halving over the last 10 years, like people aren't, it's, it's getting more difficult to produce and there's not enough of it. So, I mean, I, I don't, yeah, I, I am very optimistic about where we're heading, but I was interested in, you know, how exactly it was paid because like you said, it's, you know, collateralized by the Bitcoin apparently. So yes. they have to, so like assuming the full, I, I looked, I kind of went deep. I got my, you know, uh, Jake on, but assuming the full loan is outstanding, macro strategy is required to maintain a loan to collateral value ratio of 50% or less. So basically, if BTC drops far enough, macro strategy would need to either deposit additional coins or prepay a portion of the loan. So the ratio declines. And I mean, if you're in, I mean, the way that I thought about that was DeFi and all the stuff you were telling me the other day on the Terra um, and Luna Network. But I mean, it's 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 very interesting and it seems like it's only going to pay off because, I mean, at the end of 2021, I think they held $2.5 in Bitcoin on their sheets. So, I mean, it's, you know, the price is only going up. Yeah, that that is correct. I mean, and it's something where this is, you know, these are institutional buyers that are looking to hold on to it for 10, 15, 20 years. They're not people, these aren't traders that are trying to, you know, flip it quickly. So this is really good for, yeah, the future and future price appreci appreciation. Because like you said, eventually there's going to run out of Bitcoin that's available to just easily buy. I mean, there's only, what is it, 21 million Bitcoins in the world. Mm -hmm. ever that are going to be created so and a lot of some of those are lost so it's even a lower amount than that mm -hmm. so i mean you think you have a lot of these big institute and this is just a few institutions and even then they're not that big on the grand scheme of like you know large public companies like if someone like apple or microsoft were to come in and start buying bitcoin that would completely dwarf some of these purchases oh yeah well yeah i mean it's just and as late, not as late, but as seasoned as we are, we're still very, very early in the sense of the macro population realizing the implications that are to come. You know what I mean? Exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, I spoke that pretty well right there. All right. So <laughs> we're going to move on to uh, the hackers stealing over 600 million 
from the blockchain project Ronin and one of the largest crypto heists on record. So on March 23rd, an unidentified hacker stole over 173,000 Ethereum and 25.5 million USDC tokens, amounting to, like I said, over $615 million at the time of the attack. So the Ronin blockchain is used to power the popular online game Axie Infinity, which is the biggest NFT collection by all time sales volume and uses NFTs within their games. Um, Sky Mavis is the developer of Axie Infinity and the Ronin ecosystems, which currently consists of a nine validator nodes of which you need at least five to recognize a withdrawal or deposit. And this is kind of where it's a little bit trickier and a little bit more black hat-ish than regular crypto hacks. Whereas this guy actually got the private keys to Sky Mavis's validators and a third-party validator run by Axie DAO. And he drained all of the funds on the bridge in just two transactions, which is unbelievable. And I mean, Ronan is working with major blockchain tracker Chainalysis to trace the stolen funds with most, if not all of the jacked funds still in the hacker's digital wallet. I did see last night that they were starting to send out 99 to 105 Ethereum in little batches to, uh, I forget the, the marketplace he was going to, but it's just, it always blows my mind when we see these stories because I don't understand what you're in it for outside of the rush of doing it. Like once you steal the money, you would think that reality would set in and now you realize that you can't really move it without people watching nowadays because everything, you know, as long as you're not using, you know, Secret or Monero or any of the washing sites, like, you know, even if you are, like, it's pretty easy. It's easier to know what's happening than to obfuscate it and keep it private. What do you think? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that's the big thing. Like you could move it to Monero or, or secret or some other, you know, put it through tornado. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to, at least I assume so the person would want to cash it out into fiat. And that's where, um, like you said earlier, these exchanges, he's been trying to send, um, just a small amounts of Ethereum to maybe just as a test, but he's sending them to exchanges where you have to KYC in order to use the exchange. So basically he's kind of caught right now where he's just got the money sitting there. And there's not a whole lot he can do with it because everybody knows where it is and everybody can follow it because it's a public blockchain. So like you said, it's almost like, did he do it for the rush or is there some expectation of maybe a bounty reward and he returns the money? You know, I mean, that could be another thing. Um, I don't know. It's kind of he hasn't or she, whoever did the hack, has not come out and really made any demands or anything yet either. So. Well, and that's that's the thing, like we were kind of just talking in the macro strategy article about how these companies are the early companies that are holding Bitcoin on their balance sheets and random cryptocurrencies. But I mean, hacking or, you know, profiting off of others negligence isn't a new phenomenon, but the amounts being stolen in the last couple of years just makes my eyes jump out of my head every single time. Like the fact that you said that, you know, maybe they're doing it for a bounty reward, but I mean, the fact that there are still technical vulnerabilities and platforms that handle half a billion dollars, probably up to way more than that, just goes to that was show just, yeah, how that's just early we are. That's what I mean. It just goes yeah. to show how early we are in like, like people are still trusting these sites that aren't thoroughly vetted with obscene amounts of money. And, you know, they're learning the hard way, but 
it just goes to show that there's a lot more work to be done and you know everything is everything happens for a reason but it it tremendously sucks i think yeah i'm yeah 100 percent. and i think a lot of these companies um i did just i saw a twitter post earlier today um i put it in our group discussion but OpenSea, um which is the largest nft platform in the world right now um there was a guy who found some sort of vulnerability or something and he you know sent him an email to try to get see what kind of bounty or something they offer they're offering him a $25,000 bounty and that's if they do KYC and this is one of this is an organization that makes billions of dollars a year and this is potentially a pretty serious hack and the guy they're not offering him anything you know it's barely that's barely enough money to you know cover not even that's not even like a year's salary like in a, you know a, a smaller country like it's it's crazy that they're not offering literally whatever the guy wants if it's going to help save them from something like a 600 million dollar hack you know or even I more money like, being hacked like yeah i feel like that's the old guard mentality though i've not to get into my opinions but i feel like the old like if you're over like 40 or 50 you're more reluctant to say you're wrong or you did something wrong or you got caught with something bad you know what i mean like they're they yeah, just I think too, admitted as easy yeah i mean you see too um OpenSea is i mean sure they're a web three company but they act a lot like a web two company mm -hmm. i mean and they really i think that that's kind of what they want to be is they want to be you know a public publicly traded company that's you know like a normal company but it's like if they want to be in web three then they kind of have to follow the rules get, get in line getting stuck yeah so to speak well i mean and i just think that's that's good for any any company is if you have people sending you vulnerabilities why are you not paying them to help because otherwise you're going to turn these people into black hats and then they're going to go and steal all your money like well and like wouldn't you rather pay that man what he found like worthy of what he found and maybe offer him a job like if he found that within your software maybe he knows a little bit more you know what i mean like there's yeah. so many like it's just a missed missed opportunities to say hey here's 25 grand which is basically saying like here i'll throw you a fucking pizza party uh thank yeah, you very it's like much you're me saying and, oh you found a, a issue here's five bucks like yeah exactly and like <laughs> oh you found a vulnerable my front door's wide open here's five yeah. bucks and it's like they think that they're smarter and we're dumb and it's like oh okay you're gonna give me 25 grand i'll take you for 25 mil and then see what you offer me i mean and the guy pretty much said he said i i declined their offer good luck with them trying to find the bug yeah so, well and that's you know, exactly yeah it's <laughs> banana land that that's yeah, so i mean there's, thing yeah, there's a you know be safe out there just because the contract's audited doesn't mean it's 100 percent safe um, oh yeah. I mean, everybody knows that, you know, you gotta, you can do all your own research, but it doesn't matter if somebody can go in and socially engineer a hack like this where they can. And that's the thing too. It wasn't a hack of any sort of code or anything. This was literally, they got the keys for five of the nine validators and were able to do it that way. Yeah. Which is old school in nowadays terms. Exactly. Like that's so much harder and more difficult to pull off. And the fact that he did is even Honestly, more troubling. Honestly, I feel like that's almost easier if you have the right people because yeah, that's true. social engineering has always been, a, you know, an attack vector. Phenomenal, yeah. And it's really, it's, you know, finding, no offense, but finding the one dumbest person or the weakest link that you can right. exploit, basically.
And it doesn't matter how good your code is, how good your security is, if someone gives away a password. Yeah. <laughs> no, that couldn't be more true. And yeah, the five of nine validator for approvals is a little, a little sketchy. There's, I, I was reading there's some extra things they could throw in there to make it a little bit more, yes, uh, you know, fault proof. But well, especially yeah. the fact that four of the nine validators were run by one company too. It's yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on there that they need to, yeah. they need to clean their act up, especially when you're running a multi-billion-dollar market cap company like. Yeah, an expensive lesson to learn, but a lesson nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, we'll see what this does to the um, Axie Infinity game. I mean, it doesn't seem like it really affected users a whole lot, but it's more it was the bridged money. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see exactly what the outcome of this is. Yeah, without a doubt. We'll, uh, we'll keep our eye on it and keep coming back to you every day this week with episodes Daybreak Crypto. I appreciate you hopping on, Greg. And I uh, hope you, you have a good day, bud. You too.